Well, we can almost already put January in the books. Can you believe that? Which means calendar about to turn to February. We'll have the Super Bowl and then uh, almost time for postseason action. Some regional tournaments coming up this weekend, including gymnastics. How's it going, everybody? Time for Central Region Now, the exclusive podcast of the RBA Sports Network. Final edition for the month of January of 2018. We are going to get right to it and get going first with our latest RBA Sports Network top 10 high school basketball polls, boys and girls. We will start with the girls and a shakeup in the top five after a couple of results from later in the week. Of course, our game of the week back on Thursday night ended up being a Cosby route over L.C. Bird, a shocking final. Not that Cosby, you know, couldn't couldn't win the game, but I don't think any of us thought that they would win the game by 26 points, 73-47 the final score. It was just a tough night all around for the Skyhawks, early foul trouble for Jaden Watkins, and they just weren't able to really get on track. Jayla Henderson couldn't get on track. Uh, uh, Cosby did a great job defensively keeping her from hitting the outside shots. That's how they got going in that early season comeback win at home against Monaghan that we had on the game of the week. Cosby didn't allow that to happen. Now, those two teams play again on Tuesday night. The game Thursday was the one uh, snowed out early January. So it was moved back three weeks, and now they'll play again in Chester on Tuesday, and that should be a good one. Bird then took on Trinity Episcopal Saturday. Trinity gets the win there. And so here's how it has shaken up the top five, specifically in our girls' top ten. The the other five, six through ten, remain the same after some good performances by several of those teams uh, this past week. Powhatan stays at number 10. They debuted there for the first time this year last week. Collegiate stays at 9, and they debuted at that position last week for the first time as well. Matoica, now their third week in our top 10. They remain at number 8. Verina, they remain in our top 10 and remain at number 7. They've been holding there for most of the season. Now They'll get another shot this, uh, this week or next week. I think it might be next week. Um, against Highland Springs. More on them in a moment. Monacan holds steady at number six, and now the top five, which is different. Dropping from two to five, the Skyhawks of L.C. Bird after losing to Cosby and then to Trinity Episcopal. Now, there is no shame in losing to two top five teams. I think the bigger part of the story here is how they lost against Cosby, and I'm really anxious to see how they bounce back at home against the Titans on Tuesday night. Cosby moves up to four. So they move up one from five to four. Also moving up one from four to three, the Hopewell Blue Devils, who are on a roll right now as they continue through Central District play. And then Saturday, they got a win over previously unbeaten Spotswood. Uh, And those are two teams that might see each other again deep into the postseason. Hopewell wins it, I believe it was by two. And so the Blue Devils move from four to three. Remember, head-to-head, Hopewell has that one-point win over Cosby from the Times-Dispatch Invitational five weeks ago. Moving up one to number two, Highland Springs, and hanging on to number one, and deservedly so, the Titans of Trinity Episcopal. So your latest girls' top ten. The Titans of Trinity first, then Highland Springs, Hopewell, Cosby up to four, Bird drops from two to five, 
Six through ten stay the same. Monacan, Verina, Matoica, Collegiate, and Powhatan. Now to the top ten boys. Douglas Freeman in for one week. They drop out this week. Back into the poll at number ten. After a win uh, that we got to see last night firsthand courtside uh, as they wrapped up the Monacan Basketball Classic. Six big games. A lot of Class 4 teams there yesterday. A lot of Region 4B teams in action. Um, a top 10 team in George Wythe that we'll talk about in a moment, also in action. Monacan gets a win over Metoica, 64-58 the final score. Metoica had their chances, several opportunities, especially second half on at least, I counted three occasions in the second half where they had penetrated well. They were going to dump it off down low for what could have been an easy two. And the pass was either dropped or it was a little bit too far to the right or it was just too hot and heavy and, and, the, and the interior post player couldn't handle it. And the ball went out of bounds, not once, twice, but on three separate second-half possessions. And that really hurt Mon- um, Matoica because they, they were always at that point looking for a chance to, to make it a one-possession game or cut it to a one-point game, that sort of thing. And, and Mon- Monacan was able to salt it in the final minute and a half or so at the free-throw line. So Monacan back into our poll at number 10. At number 9, Caroline David Ware. Did you hear? 51 on Friday night in Caroline's victory up in the Battlefield District. He's now over 1,000 for his career. And I know that Lake Taylor at this point, when we're looking at regions A and B uh, in boys basketball, and those two regions will play against each other when we start the state tournament at the quarterfinal level, um, Lake Taylor is going to be a handful for anyone and everyone. They beat Benedictine last night down at the coast. Of course, they beat L.C. Bird up here at the Virginia Preps Classic at Henrico two weeks ago. And they are, um, I, I think they have to be one of the favorites in, in Class 4 right now. So, you know, uh, Monacan, Caroline, and others in Region 4B, uh, you know, they're looking to, 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 when you get to that region tournament championship, if you're able to do that, number one, it means you've made the state tournament because they'll take two teams from all four regions. But number two, I think in Region 4B, it's going to be very incumbent to win that so that you can probably avoid Lake Taylor in the in the state quarters because Lake Taylor likely will win Region 4A. So you want to be on the opposite end of their bracket, at least to the semifinals if possible. So we've got two 4B teams right here at the bottom of our poll. Monacan back in at 10, Caroline holding at 9. St. Christopher's holds at 8. They get a nice win. Gibson Jimerson is really putting it on here in, in the latter half of January. Saints looking good. Right above them, the Cougars of Collegiate holding at number seven after a successful week for them. The Killer Bees they've got over there for Coach Del Harris and company with um, from Barron to Bud to Brewer. And that's not mentioning everybody that's really contributing for a, a team effort for a collegiate team that I don't think a lot of people had on their radar back in November. And, of course, their lone loss right now so far has been to our number one team. George Wythe drops one from five to six. Uh, they're going to flip the switch and flip positions with Hopewell this week. George with falling to Heritage uh, at the Monacan Basketball Classic on Saturday. Hopewell with a very successful week. They jump up one to number five, so they return to our top five. And the top four stay the same. L.C. Bird hangs at four. John Marshall at three. Verina at number two. Their winning streak continues. Some games, some wins haven't been the prettiest. Some have given Coach Andrew Lacey probably um, – Pause to get in touch with me and ask me for my cardiologist's name and number. 
Uh, but Verina is still on a win, win streak. They haven't lost since the Coliseum, December 19th. And uh, they remain at number two. And staying, of course, holding steady number one. Another good week for Trinity Episcopal. All eyes on this Saturday night, uh, where it will be, of course, the showdown between number one Trinity Episcopal, number three John Marshall, a lot of people want to talk about it being Armando Baycott versus Isaiah Todd because they're all they're both ranked so high in their individual classes nationally, recruiting-wise. Baycott's in the top 20 or 25, depending upon which service you're looking at. And, of course, Isaiah Todd right now, number one, according to ESPN, in the class of 2020. But as you know, there are a lot more pieces to the puzzle for both teams. DeMar McCray, LeVar Allen for John Marshall, Jason Wade, Henry Coleman having a breakout season uh, for Trinity Episcopal, uh, and and that that uh, uh, classic coaches for the cure, which in past years has been at John Marshall, this year is moved to the Arthur Ashe Center, and that's probably a very wise thing because this particular final game uh, on Saturday night, which is scheduled not to start until 9 p.m., so make note of that. But I would not wait and leave my house at eight to go there because you may not get in. I suspect there will be a packed house at the Arthur Ashe Center. Saturday night, because when's the last time we had two nationally ranked players, recruiting-wise, square off against each other in a situation where it was Richmond versus Richmond, um, and one of the players is the number one player in his class? Uh, It's a very unique situation, and so we'll see how that meets out Saturday night. Number three, John Marshall. Number one, Trinity Episcopal. A bit of a break for Trinity, because normally... This could be a home game for John Marshall of sorts because it would be on in, in their gym, uh, but it'll be at the Ash Center instead. So top 10 boys, not a lot of change this week, just some at the bottom. Trinity at one, Verina two, John Marshall three, Bird four, Hopewell five, George with six, Collegiate seven, St. Chris at eight, Caroline nine, Monacan 10, Douglas Freeman dropping out by virtue of their defeat to rival Mills Godwin. Uh, back on Friday night. So that's our latest top 10 polls. Of course, they're always posted on rvasportsnetwork.com. Big thank you to everybody, uh, Mr. Schwartz, and everybody down at Cosby High School for making us feel so welcome on Thursday night for our game of the week. We had a special bonus game of the week on Friday night over at Lee Davis. Very busy night over at Lee Davis with the Athletic Hall of Fame. Um, 2018 induction ceremonies, and we want to Excuse me, congratulate all five honorees who are now members 21 through 25 in the Lee Davis Athletic Hall of Fame. It opened in 2014. They've inducted five per year, and this is unbelievably uh, the fifth year of the program. Jock Jones, who is a contemporary of mine, he was a 1986 graduate at Lee Davis, so he was a year behind me. I I, I graduated 1985 at uh, Patrick Henry, in case you were wondering. Uh, Jock was football, basketball, track, but football was his forte. He played linebacker at Virginia Tech, ended up five years uh, in the National Football League. So congratulations to him. Coach Kenny Lewis, who's had just a marvelous career at Lee Davis. He was the baseball coach for over two decades, won two state championships, 1997-2001. Golf coach for over a decade, um, was an assistant on the football program under the legendary Mac McConnell. Uh, he won 350 games as coach at baseball. 350. you got to remember, with a sport that has a 20-game regular season, uh, and he coached for 23 seasons to get 350 wins, you know, you got to be putting up 15 a season 
and you're only playing 20 in the regular, which means you got to go deep into the playoffs. And back in the early years, there it wasn't as many playoff games. So, uh, And he still teaches at Lee Davis. So to Coach Lewis, our heartiest congratulations. As well as to Greg Gregory, 1976 graduate of Lee Davis, three-sport athlete, really considered to be one of the best all-around athletes in the history of the school, ended up going to the University of Richmond, and he's had a long career as a college football coach. He is now the, the offensive coordinator down at Texas Southern University. Ron Woody, 1964 graduate of Lee Davis, another three-sport athlete. He went to what was then RPI, now VCU, and played in basketball and baseball, became a legendary softball player and was actually inducted into the ASA Richmond Hall of Fame uh, back in 1986, a storied career in the United States Army serving our nation. Uh, Mr. Woody passed away back in 2004, so he was inducted posthumously on Friday night. And to Doug Melton, 1973 uh, graduate of Patch, of, excuse me, of Lee Davis, can't believe I said that, uh, lettered in sports, football, basketball, baseball, four-year starter at quarterback. He passed, and you got to remember, this is 1973 in high school football where running was everything. Games started at 8 o'clock at night and never went more than two hours. But he passed for almost 4,000 yards in his Lee Davis career, 3,815 yards. That's a pretty doggone big accomplishment. So congratulations to all of the inductees who, again, now 25 members of the Lee Davis Athletic Hall of Fame. I know Mills Godwin is adding a bunch to theirs. Stewart is. Douglas Freeman's announced their class, which will be inducted in the spring. Uh, it's always great to go back and honor those who have come before the, the latest generation. Uh, and you are keeping their tradition going, and they are thankful that you are doing so. So there is always a connection. And I love how Lee Davis has, really in the foyer of their school, their Athletic Hall of Fame plaque wall is right across. It's at the gym entrance and across from the main office entrance. So kids going through the main area there at the front of the school are walking past it, and they can stop and read those things each and every day and really understand Uh, The connections. I like the way how Godwin has theirs. Hermitage has theirs. They have theirs. As you're walking into their gymnasiums, you can stop for a moment and read about the accomplishments of those who have gone uh, before you. So congratulations to to them. And not only that was going on Friday night, we had doubleheader action between Patrick Henry and Lee Davis, which the the, uh, girls game ended up going overtime. Patrick Henry pulling away late for a 50-42 win that in real time took almost two hours. I don't know if I've ever been to a girls' basketball game at the high school level that lasted two hours until Friday night. But, man, that was exciting. That was one of the best crowds for a girls' basketball game we've had uh, in terms of excitement, et cetera, in quite some time that we've seen personally. It was a great crowd. And then Patrick Henry's boys get a win over Lee Davis in Mechanicsville, too. So in the oldest rivalry in the county, the Patriots go back to Ashland victorious. And Devin Coles, what a week for that young man. In two county games, you know, disappointing season for Patrick Henry overall. May not make the postseason in Region 4B, but when you're able to go and put up 43 at Hanover, then turn around and put up 27 at Lee Davis, that's 70 points in two road wins against two county rivals. That's good stuff. And Devin Coles, talked to him for our article coming up this week in the Herald Progress. Very humble about it deflected all the praise to the team and to his coaches 
and uh, was just, you know, very, he was very happy about what, what had transpired, but he was more, much more happy about winning, getting some victories under their belt uh, than he was about accumulating points. So been a fun week and a lot of stuff going on. A lot of good games and action coming up this week as well. Uh, we talked a moment ago at the outset of the broadcast about regionals coming up. Gymnastics will kick those off. Uh, Region 4B should be having their regional tournament, I believe, on Friday uh, at Hanover High School. Region 5B will have their Saturday starting at about, about 10 in the morning at Deep Run. Uh, so gymnastics is getting underway with their postseason this weekend. We're going to try to get to both of those. Um, we, we're only going to be able to stay for a, a limited window of time, unfortunately, due to some other commitments and whatnot, but we want to try to get to them. We've got region wrestling coming up. Uh, I believe most of them are going to be in two weeks on February the 10th. I know the Region 5B is at Lee Davis, and one of the things we're going to work on here at the office uh, the first couple of days of this week is getting final compilations on where all the tournaments are going to be, when they're going to be, so we can keep you posted on it. We can post it on our website, get it across our Twitter network, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Indoor track regular season getting ready to wrap up, too, and swimming. We're going to start having regional tournaments and swimming very soon as well. That regular season starting to wind down this week. High school basketball, two full weeks left, and then a little bit of action uh, the week of February 12th. And then things come to a close. I think most of what's going to happen early that week, some of those games are going to be make good games from snow. Uh, and then tournaments get started at the end of that week. We have some region tournaments starting as early as February 16th. That's a Friday. That's two weeks from this coming Friday. Uh, region 5B will get underway that Friday. Quarterfinals will be at higher seeds. And then the semifinals will be the following Wednesday, the 21st. The girls will be at J.R. Tucker. The boys will be at Meadowbrook. Those are the big ones because if you win those, you clinch A, a spot in the region championship, and B, a spot in your state tournament. And then the state, the, excuse me, the region, region championship games for 5B, both boys and girls, will be at Meadowbrook this year and will be on Friday, February the 23rd. Game of the week, we have another one scheduled. We are looking at at least two more, possibly three, down the home stretch of the regular season. Our next broadcast, we don't have a broadcast scheduled as of now this week. And part of that is because if you've listened to our podcast anytime in the last few weeks or heard us on the game of the week, you've heard us talk about the fact that we are expecting our first grandchild here uh, at the RVA Sports Network, my wife and I. And let me say a quick a wedding anniversary, a happy anniversary to my wife. She and I will be married 30 years this Wednesday, the 31st. 30 years she has put up with me. She deserves the congressional medal of honor but we move on from that um we uh, uh, right around this time ironically enough expecting our first grandchild uh he is now officially as we record this podcast five days overdue so could happen sometime this week uh we may still go ahead and and get um get us a, a game of the week scheduled for later this week just depending upon how things go but we are definitely a week from monday night at Highland Springs for doubleheader action. It will be LC Bird Highland Springs. Girls first, then boys. We go on the air at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday, February 5th, a week from Monday night on our YouTube channel. And we are looking at some games later in that week and early in the following week, the wrap-up of the regular season. We'll keep the broadcast schedule updated, of course, at rbasportsnetwork.com. That's rbasportsnetwork.com. Let's get to uh, some other news of interest from the past week. Congratulations to Troy Taylor. 
named the new head football coach at L.C. Bird, replacing Tony Nicely, who was there one season as the head coach, uh, taking over for when David Bedwell um, stepped down after a long, unbelievably successful tenure. Uh, to become the activities director at L.C. Bird, which he continues to be. Coach Taylor used to be the head coach at Meadowbrook. He was on the staff at Virginia Union, and he comes to his alma mater. He went and played at L.C. Bird. He understands the tradition and the rich history of L.C. Bird, not just the championship run of this decade, but the success of last decade and the decade before, and he knows it from both ends. He knows from playing, and he knows from coaching against it. So he totally understands the culture. I think that's a very good choice uh, by um, um, Coach Bedwell and company. Congratulations uh, to Coach Taylor. Looking forward to seeing how well he does at L.C. Bird. Uh, other coaching vacancies that we're waiting to hear on, and I, I'm, I don't know if National Signing Day may play into this at all in terms of you know when schools decide to announce who their new head coach is going to be. Obviously, uh, Louisa has their new head coach they promote from within. Coach Taylor, now the head man at L.C. Bird. Matoica, Clover Hill, Hermitage, among the schools that are remaining to make the announcement. Of course, everybody really waiting. The big one is Hermitage, who will step in to try to to take the place of Patrick Kane, who resigned after 17 seasons, uh, and who, again, will have another stellar class to um, sign on National Signing Day a week from Wednesday, February 7th. Uh, those are, you know, for, for Coach Taylor at L.C. Bird, uh, you know, at least there was a year there where Coach nicely handled things, but obviously big shoes to fill there. But for someone stepping on the field immediately after Patrick Kane at Hermitage, those are some pretty big shoes uh, to fill. And it's also coming at a very interesting time. If you'll recall back in no- uh, late October, November, how things kind of meted out in the Colonial District as we got down to the final weeks of the regular season. You know, Glenn Allen has Devin Flowers in his dynamic running game. Uh, You know, Douglas Freeman was on the wane this year, but you know they're going to be back under Coach Henderson. Mills Godwin used defense to put on a late charge and make the postseason. Um, Deep run had another, you know, they made the playoffs in 2016, just missed them here in 2017. And a, a, a lot of the reason why that happened was because of the head-to-head situation between Deep Run, Mills Godwin, Douglas Freeman, Glenn Allen, and J.R. Tucker, who barely missed the postseason. For the, you know, they would have been in for the first time in, a, in nearly a generation. And so there are a lot of teams in the west end of Henrico County in the old Colonial District that are they have building blocks for 2017. And it's going to be really interesting to see how all that meets out, and if Hermitage drops a step, you know, the Hermitage, the last time they lost a Colonial District game, I think you've got to go back to 2006 when Deep Run uh, won the title. Uh, You know, obviously there hasn't been a district per se since 2013. They still use districts to do regular season schedules, but they don't hand out district trophies. But if they did, Hermitage would have like the last 11 of them coming through to last year. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see if if Hermitage comes back a step and maybe one of those other schools, a Glen Allen, a deep run of Mills Godwin. I think Godwin's probably positioned a little better than everybody else simply because of the momentum into the playoffs this year. Um, how things might happen and could somebody finally slay the giant that is Hermitage in, in 2018 just in terms of rivalry night in the west end of Henrico County. Uh, you know, there are teams that, probably have a little bit of new hope that it's not an automatic L when they either host Hermitage or have to go 
to Chester Fritz, although it's very hard to play Hermitage at Chester Fritz. I don't care who has the headset on uh, on the sidelines there on Hungry Spring Road. So we segue into that and to reminding you that National Signing Day is a week from Wednesday, uh, February 7th, and RBA Sports Network will have full day-long coverage of that event. We'll also be happily passing along coverage coming from our friends at NBC12 and our colleagues there on, on the sidelines, and we're going to get to as many schools and get to as many signings as we possibly can. So if you're hearing this podcast and you're a player and you've got a signing coming up on Wednesday the 7th, you need to message us. You can DM us on any of our Twitter feeds and tell us when your school is having it and, and what time. Um, and we'll set the schedule and get to as many schools as we humanly possibly can. We know that Verina is set for 8.30 in the morning. We know Hanover's having their signing at 10 a.m. Those are the two that we know right now. Uh, so, again, if you're a player and you're signing, let us know. If you're a coach and you're planning the ceremony, let us know. And, again, we're going to get to as many as we, we possibly can as we try to do each year. We burn the roads all over the place uh, on National Signing Day. So we can give you uh, pictures, tweets, videos, everything that we possibly can. It's a fun day. It's a celebratory day for not only the athletic but certainly the academic accomplishments of everyone who gets to put pen to paper. And it's even, to me, I really enjoy not just the big signings of the day. Certainly they catch a lot of the headlines in local media. But uh, I love to watch and see how some of the some of the players who have an opportunity to uh, get in at the Division Three level. You know, I cover Randolph-Macon sports extensively for the Herald Progress. So not only the players who get to go to Randolph-Macon, but those who are going to go and play at other ODAC schools. And I'm going to see them for the next four years against Randolph-Macon. Players who are going to a rising Emory and Henry. Players who go to Hamden Sydney. And there are a ton of Richmond area players that go to the Tigers year in and year out for football. Um, go to Bridgewater, go to Shenandoah, go to, you know, all the various ODAC schools here in, in, in Virginia. Those who go down to, to Christopher Newport, there's a developing pipeline there of Division Three area talent uh, down to CNU as well. And, of course, they don't play in the ODAC. They're in another uh, Division Three conference. So looking forward to that a week from Wednesday, the 7th of February. Touching just outside of high school sports for a little bit before we wrap the podcast up. Um, uh, uh, number one, I talked a minute ago about Randolph-Macon. Was at uh, Crenshaw on Saturday? What can you say about the combination of Kelly Williams and Charlotte Woods? Right now for the Yellow Jackets, they've won six straight in ODAC play. They're 8-2. and two. They're tied for first with Lynchburg in the conference. They hold the tiebreaker over Lynchburg by beating them at Lynchburg a week ago Saturday. That was Coach Carol LaHaye's 600th win. She's now at 602 after the Yellow Jackets get two wins this week, Saturday at their annual alumni event called Back to the Hive, Kelly drops 26-15, and 15, and Charlotte Woods goes for 16-15, and 15, if memory serves me correctly. Um, and Randolph-Macon gets another win. This one, they pull away for a 30-point victory uh, over Roanoke. So it's going to be really fun to watch. Not a lot of people are talking about Kelly Williams at Randolph-Macon, but she leads the nation the nation in Division Three in points and rebounds and blocks per game. Let me repeat that. Kelly Williams leads all Division Three women's basketball nationally in points, rebounds, and assists per game. And she plies her trade just north of Richmond at Crenshaw Gymnasium in Ashland. And because teams are double and triple teaming her constantly, 
it leaves the other side of the paint wide open for the Trinity Episcopal standout, sophomore Charlotte Woods, who I think has somewhere between eight and ten double-doubles of her own this year. Yellow Jackets, again, eight and two in the ODAC. Uh, they are 15 and three overall. They go to Virginia Wesleyan this Tuesday night, and then they're back home uh, this coming Saturday afternoon against Emory and Henry at 4.30, and we'll be there covering that. Randolph making win. Uh, men get a, a win, wrap up a two-game skid there in the ODAC on Saturday, went over Randolph. That's very good for them. They've got some very tough conference opponents coming up as they try to stay in the mix for the ODAC title. And if not that, at least make sure you're in the top four because if you get in the top four in the regular season standings, you get a buy out of the first round of the tournament. You go straight to the Salem Civic Center for the tournament, which is the last weekend uh, in February, keeping our eyes on Virginia State's men. Wow, what a season they've had in the CIAA and nationally in the top ten. Uh, I know, you know, very bad situation that happened post game against Elizabeth City State. Uh, VSU police and others will will meet that out. Um, but the Trojans don't don't let that particular situation because if, if I was told correctly, the Trojan players had already left the court at that time, uh, so they were not involved in that situation. So. Um, you know, I want to focus on how they have, have, have taken care of business this year uh, in their new facility and now a top-10 team nationally in Division II, while, of course, Walter Williams, a former Henrico product, uh, one of the success stories of the Trojans this season. Congratulations to them. The Virginia Union Panthers ladies continuing their drive, another top-10 season, looking to try to get back deep into the Division II tournament, finished as national runner-up last year. They want that national title this year. Uh, so we got a lot of great basketball going on here in the Richmond area if you look beyond v- VCU and Richmond. And I'm not saying look beyond VCU and Richmond. I'm saying that sometimes a lot of people just talk about VCU and Richmond and they don't look at some of the other great action that's going on here in the area between Union State, Randolph-Macon. The Richard Bland men are doing well again this year as well. Um, so, and, and a brief uh, moment about VCU and Richmond VCU looking very impressive on Saturday with their win. Chris Lane, the graduate transfer from Longwood, coming up big. And Sims, the Highland Springs product, who ends up at VCU, really starting to come into his own now. We always knew that Coach Mike Rhodes would get this team together. question would be how long would it take. And, you know, with the Atlantic 10, the way it is this year, you've got Richmond winning today here on this Sunday as we record this over Davidson. And even though their record is well under 500, they are currently tied for second with VCU in the Atlantic 10 because you've got Rhode Island all alone in first place at 9-0. and And then VCU, Richmond are 6-3, and and others are in there in the 5-4 and and the 4-5 and range. It's going to be a dogfight to get one of the top four seeds and get those buys out of the earlier rounds of the tournament, be able to sit and wait to play, that sort of thing. Um Uh, It's going to be really, really interesting to see how Atlantic 10 men's basketball meets out. Same token, Atlantic 10 women. Of course, as you know, we cover them on a regular basis, and we are live at their tournament every year here at the Richmond Coliseum. Wow, what a comeback win Sunday afternoon for Richmond at VCU. That was a very tough loss for the Rams. Very tough, as they are an extremely young team. It's been a very disappointing season for them. There was a lot of roster turnover after last year. You know, Coach Beth O'Boyle, she's had, you know, a couple of big players over the last few years who injuries have marked ends of careers. And, and, and so there's been a lot of turnover and trying to get some stability 
uh, there. And and that, I think that's been one of the biggest problems. And it's not stability from the standpoint of, you know, people are leaving because they don't like the program. It's like, you know, one person gets injured and the knee injury ends the career that, you know, they were a graduate student playing in a fifth year and the fifth year gets you know, taken away from them, and, and it's, it's situations like that, and then trying to bring in, um, you know, young talent and, and and put them together. And then you've got Richmond, who big win today. Their season hasn't been as successful as they'd hoped it to be, but they're in the middle of a transition period. Michaela Parson, Alicia Hudala, the Monican and Glen Allen products, seniors this year, they'll be moving on, but you've got, you know, Michaela's younger sister, Alex, is a freshman. Uh, you've got Kaylin Fee, a sharpshooting freshman guard who's looking really good. Uh, you got Jada Hines-Clark, the sophomore now. So there, there's a, a, a lot of things happening there at UR where this year they had to, you know, no more Janelle Hubbard, no more Lauren Tolson. I know there's always transition at the collegiate level in the high school. I get that. But sometimes it's more than others, and sometimes it's more impactful uh, than others. And this is not me making excuses for either Coach Boiler, Coach O'Boyle, or Coach Schaefer because I, I, I love both of those coaches and really love what they instill in their players beyond the court as well as on the court. Uh, but, wow, what a big win for Richmond. Down once at 14 at the Siegel Center, they come back and win in overtime, and those two teams will meet each other again in about uh, three weeks. And, again, Atlantic 10 Women's Basketball Championship at the Richmond Coliseum, March 2nd, 3rd, 4th. We'll have tip to trophy coverage on Twitter at the RVA Sportsnet. We'll be there for all seven games, quarterfinal Friday, semifinal Saturday, championship on sunday march 4th we tip just after 12 noon tickets available right now at richmondcoliseum.net through Ticketmaster, and a link to get your tickets available on our special a10 website which is a10rva.blogspot.com that's a10rva.blogspot.com oh and did you hear richmond rough riders signing former nfl defensive and former all pro greg hardy who's had some legal issues played for Carolina, played for a while for Dallas, and is now going to be at the Coliseum when the Rough Riders get their season started uh, later in the spring. Interesting little tidbit of news there that came out this week that you may uh, have missed. And we're getting a lot of, 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 of high school football players getting offers, receiving offers, some kids that are making some decisions now. Um, just off the top of my head, congratulations to Ty Mills of Lee Davis committing to Randolph-Macon. Uh, on the softball front, congratulations to Lauren Murphy of Mills Godwin, junior there. She just committed to play softball at Princeton. That's right, Ivy League school, Princeton. Uh, that That's phenomenal. You have to have incredible grades and a great resume. And so on top of that, she'll get to continue her softball career as well as her academics uh, up in New Jersey. So congratulations to Lauren. And, of course, as we find out more uh, about players and making their commitments we get it on Twitter for you as soon as we possibly can. Zion Sturdivant down at Dinwiddie. Congratulations to him on his commitment. Of course, there are going to be a flood of them coming in over the next week as we get set uh, again for National Signing Day for football next Wednesday, February the 7th. All right, so fans, this week, a lot of coverage on Twitter. So stay with us across our Twitter network, wherever you are. Hyper-local coverage that only the RVA Sports Network provides. Uh, in Hanover County at Hanover Sports, Henrico County, Henrico Sports, and Chesterfield County at Seafield Sports, the letter C Field Sports. Twitter doesn't let us have a handle as long as at Chesterfield Sports. We call it that, but it's officially the letter C Field Sports. But if you search Chesterfield Sports in Twitter, you find us there. And for the city of Richmond, Tri-City, surrounding areas, 
at the high school level and then for, of course, college coverage and coverage of other sports news here in the RVA. It's the RVA Sportsnet. That's the RVA Sportsnet. We'll have Twitter coverage all week long. We'll have Game of the Week coming back a week from Monday and probably some extra Game of the Weeks coming up as we wrap up the basketball regular season uh, week after next and as such. And we continue to be, as we mentioned, on Baby Watch. And as soon as that blessed event happens, well, we'll let you know about that too. (laughs) Central Region Now, exclusive podcast presentation of the RBA Sports Network and solely intended for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any rebroadcast or other use without the express written consent of HCS Media LLC. Strictly prohibited. And again, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, if you have ideas or suggestions or questions you want to pose that we talk about on the podcast or maybe guests you'd like to hear on our podcast, just let us know. Send us a DM on any of our Twitter feeds and we'll do our best to accommodate your request or to answer your question. Again, latest top 10 polls available at rbasportsnetwork.com. Have a great week, everybody. Be safe out there. Enjoy the rest of your January. Happy February. Rob with them saying we will see you on the sideline. Have a great week, everybody.